With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tom Izzo says, be disappointed. My rotation stays at 30. In football, more guys are staying in the locker room to join the dudes coming. We preview games at Minnesota and Nebraska. Maybe we'll win. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, co-host of Can't Read, Can't Write, joined, of course, by my friends Kevin Greck and Alex Plum. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Kevin, I'll start with you. How was your Christmas? Oh, lovely. Uh, I didn't watch any MSU basketball on Christmas Day, uh, so I was in good spirits. So why are you here? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Plum? Uh, Can you say similarly? I had a fantastic Christmas and then watched Michigan State and then looked at my dog, who renewed my hopes in humanity. Uh, Also enjoyed watching Iowa lose, but that's neither here nor there. Great Christmas with family and friends. And um, there you go. Jones, how was yours? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful holiday. And then watch some basketball. We'll get into it. Uh, Before we do, though, we, of course, want to let you know that we're very thankful for you listening to the show. If we could ask a small favor, please share the show with Spartans in your life. Give us a rate, review, and subscribe wherever you catch this podcast. Um, And follow us on the old Twitter machine, at Spartan underscore pod. We greatly appreciate those follows. Uh, Plum, your turn. Introduce the structure of the show. Sure. Here at uh, Can't Read, Can't Write, we always start on the green wall uh, where football always leads, even when it's basketball season. So we're going to start out, uh, talk a little bit about football, some transfers in, some transfers out. Obviously, we get to basketball, the loss at Wisconsin. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Then we head off Grand River. Uh, off Grand River, we'll look around the connection, NCAA, professional sports, what's going on, big news, big information, things to stay abreast of as, uh, as we're considering you know, our sports. Uh, then we'll turn to game previews. We got obviously two coming up this week, Minnesota and Nebraska, both on the road. And we'll end out with your Twitter questions. Lovely. Perfect. I like that you don't get quite as granular as Greg on this one. So I'm enjoying that. Uh, Greg like reads every bullet point on his preview of the show. Um, I want the people informed. I want them to know what they'll be listening to this week. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, let's head behind that green wall. And, uh, and, and as you mentioned, we're going to start with the sport that always leads mostly to postpone the pain. (laughs) The Wisconsin loss and chat a little football. Uh, gentlemen, there's a few big pieces of news. Uh, we've got some uh, some guys announcing a return. We've got a transfer in, uh, and we've got some status updates on some transfers out. So I think the first news, Drew Beasley, uh, defensive end, all Big Ten honorable mention, is returning. Um, how's that making us feel? Greg, I'll start with you. Good. Uh, Great analysis. Uh, <laughs> very good. How's that? Very, very good. No, Beasley's um, Beasley's kind of the real year. deal. Yeah, the defensive end, he had a very good year. Uh, as a fifth-year senior, um, 
God, what else? He played in all 13 games last year. Uh, 14 tackles, recorded six tackles for loss, had almost two sacks. I mean, the kid's, you know, he's consistent. So, yeah, he got some, uh, he got some Big Ten mention, some uh, honor mention, which is nice. Good for him. Um, I think it's nice he's come back. Listen, yeah, we're, we got a lot of turnover on the team, so having some guys that have played for as long as he has to kind of, again, we talk a lot about culture on this pod. A lot of culture, especially throughout Michigan State sports, and this is something D'Antonio inculcated. It's something Tom Izzo's inculcated, obviously, with uh, Mel Tucker's program. It's something he's building. So having that constancy, I think that's a solid. Yeah, especially in a league where if you can't bring in top-end talent, and, I mean we had kind of a transition year in this year's recruiting class. You got to retain the guys that are been, that have been here that are older. that are like grown men yep. playing the game. Yep. You know, he's going to be like 23 out there. Yep. Uh, so that's, I just made that number up. He could be very Wisconsin. I have no idea, but yeah, uh, yeah it, it's important to have that continuity, especially from a guy that did produce it. Yeah. And we're keeping it drew on the defensive. Hey. Line, aren't we? Yes, yeah, yeah, so I think this is the the even bigger news because Drew Beasley coming back, Jacob Panashuk, his counterpart, also coming back, but transfer in a Duke grad transfer, Drew Jordan, a former four-star composite recruit, 6'3", 270, uh, is, is, has chosen Michigan State. Uh, he finished this year with 35 tackles, four and a half for a loss, three and a half sacks, um, and in his four years, recorded over 100 tackles and 10 sacks. Um, Greg, I don't think this is something last week we talked necessarily as a position of need, but considering this past season, only four guys saw um, snaps at defensive end between you know two positions. This is a, a much-needed place of depth with a, a proven performer, right? Yeah, I, I mean, this was a well-wanted uh transfer portal commodity drew jordan had options and as we've been talking about (laughs) yeah i mean it can't be understated how well mel tucker is doing recruiting this transfer portal um he's gotten some some highly sought after guys to come to msu and you have to assume that a guy like this is going to start producing right away uh start uh you know uh producing for the team so it's a big this is a big pickup um, and it's going to help out his, his other guy drew, uh, to really, uh, you know, take some of that, that time. So it's exciting. This is a good one. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and it's not as if the, it's a position where, you know, it's, it's that big of a deal. Like, it, you know, it's not a position where it's an Antoine Simmons, right. Where you're playing on nearly every snap. Um, these guys will be rotating in and out. And so they will push other people. He will push other people for playing time, but it's, it's not to the exclusion of returning performers. Um, so this will be, this is exciting depth. Um, Plum, I want to turn to you because, uh, our man Rocky Lombardi last week entered the transfer portal. And today we received word that he is heading to Northern Illinois, Illinois university. Um, do you have some kind words to share uh, with Rocky? We want, Rocky? Yeah, we want Rocky to um, to be the best. Uh, and if uh, if he thinks that going to Northern Illinois is the best, then I think it's the best as well. So uh, we're happy for him. Obviously, he's done a ton of good stuff for Michigan State, um, had the performance of his lifetime against Michigan 
Um, no one that watched that game uh, didn't hold and will always hold a special part uh, in their heart, special place in their heart for, for Rocky Lombardi. So um, good for him. Uh, going to a, I think the NIU is in the Mac, right? Going to a good Mac school. Yeah. Doing um, it the hard way. Doing it the hard way. Going to do it the hard way. Um, you don't, when you think of the Mac, you don't always think of, of catchy logos and catchphrases. Um, and so uh, this is another one of those examples uh, where doing it the hard way makes absolutely no sense. But um, <laughs> that doesn't appeal to you as a, uh... <laughs> but you know, Rocky certainly showed us what it meant to play the hard way. So uh, he might be doing a, it the hard way all year. Might so be a good fit. fit. Wasn't NIU, didn't they used to be a D2 school? I don't know about that, but I would believe you if you said it with more confidence. Oh, no, I no. just, I, I'm like, I know they're in the Mac, but I, I like, for some reason, I thought they used to be like a dominant, dominant D2 team. NIU is a pretty good size yeah, school, school in yeah. Illinois. So I would be surprised by that, but let me. Uh, it's not really been, particularly important right this moment. No, they've been no. in the Mac more than our entire life. So great. No. Love it. I'm very happy for them. And I'm glad that this is news to me. Um, but anyway, Rocky, we do wish you the best. The other, uh, it, sincerely, uh, it, and I think to your point, Plum, uh, he's a guy that if ever in East Lansing is never going to want for a drink. Um, people will always, always right. buy that drink for him. Right. I, I love that. Do you think that's true? Do Do you think, does like, he, does he, if he ends up getting sponsorships, probably not. Like, I'll be like, you can buy me a drink. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've seen former athletes at the bar and they don't get like approached that often. And if they do, it's usually by like a drunk dude that the former athlete is like, okay, that's good enough. We can. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I just don't think that like. I love when people say that. I don't think it really happens. I'm trying to think um, of who I who I really believe that about. And Jalen wants Jackson is probably the person. Oh I my god! Yes, yes. Thank you. One hundred times yes. Maybe Delvon Rowe, and even then, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Right? Oh my god, uh, Jalen. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. But no. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, let's, uh, uh, another point, uh, uh, you know, um, regarding the transfer portal is Chris Jackson, um, who someone remember stepped up this year in the secondary for a handful of games and then just was not on the field. Uh, and Mel Tucker recently said that, uh, he was no longer with the team and that that would be reassessed at the end of the season. Well, Chris Jackson reassessed it and has entered the transfer portal. Uh, former four-star uh, recruit, uh, you know, defensive back, a place that we had talked about as a, a position, honestly, that Mel Tucker may go shopping in the portal for. Uh, this seems to really underscore that. Um, we don't know the circumstances around him leaving, but gentlemen, I'll just start with you, Greg. Um, is this one... Uh, Concerning with along in, in the same way that maybe some midseason transfers, people might have kind of been bent out of shape about that. I mean, it's concerning in that it's a position group of need, right? We've seen a right. lot of guys transfer out in the secondary. And as I look at the current depth chart, it seems to me that it's a little depleted right now. Plum, I mean, well, it's certainly not. Yeah, we don't have the depth of the current Michigan State ten uh, man starting roster, so that's that's <laughs> no, definitely. It doesn't have the MSU basketball depth, <laughs> depth that we want to see. Uh, no, this the secondary has obviously been a real weakness, and I think you're right um, to see some more turnover there. But you know, credit to to Tucker 
Uh, he's being consistent with what he said. I'm, you know, he's working this portal harder than certainly D'Antonio ever did. I know it's relatively new still, but still, I, we're we're seeing culture change here. So in terms of the programmatic piece and the trust that we've been harping on and that I'm still confused about, um, let's see who he picks up still, and let's see what the next, you know, let's see what happens the next couple of weeks. We might be surprised. Yeah, uh, it, it it's. It's interesting, the secondary, that uh, it's a place where we had a returning coach uh, in um, Harlan Barnett coming back. And um, what's his face? Mike uh, Tressel. Thank you. Thanks for helping me out, guys. Uh, coming yeah, back to, <laughs> to be a safeties coach. Um, so it was maybe two of the more friendly faces for that position group to be coached by. And it, I don't know, just disappointing to see some of the loss there, though losing Shakur Brown to the NFL aspirations, yeah. I guess, is not something to be mad about. Frankly, he may keep MS, he may be single-handedly responsible for keeping MSU's draft streak alive. So, um, you know, it, either way, I guess we wish Chris the best uh, in whatever his future endeavors are, um, assuming that the reason he was departed from the team is not some scandal that we do not know about. Um, but, you know, uh, we do wish him the best. So I don't know we can delay any further unless someone else has something to say before we talk about basketball. No. Great. It's time. <laughs> it's time. It's time. Well, this may be the last week the football leads because we are fully in basketball season now. Uh, but MSU played Wisconsin on Christmas Day. I think MSU's first Christmas Day game. At least Ever. Yeah. In program history. Wow. Yeah. Um. It's a game that ended 85 to 76 with a loss uh, to Wisconsin at the Breslin Center. Wisconsin's first win at Breslin since, I believe, 2006. Four. Um, oh, great. Thank you. Uh, and it's a game in which MSU was up by nine in the second half. Uh, Greg, I won't turn to you for much of anything. Yeah. Because you didn't watch. So, Plum, I, I'll say I think we were a lot better, a lot better than the loss to Northwestern but it still seemed to be a flawed performance uh, and, a, and a flawed team, frankly, that that maybe that can be solved. What were your large uh, takeaways? I think you're right. I, I think you're right. And again, I, I will temper that. And I think you're right that there has been improvements since Northwestern loss, but but I, the, the emphasis for me is on the flawed team. I don't understand. I mean, let's, let's be clear. They played better than Northwestern, but frankly, just showing up and putting on their shoes entitled them to a better <laughs> performance than Northwestern. Um, we were defensively weak. I mean, it, w- defense continues to be something where we seem to be devolving. I, I think we probably played a marginally better defense this week than we did against Northwestern, but we're still not playing like we have um, against like we did against Duke. I mean, and I don't want to continue to let Duke be the game we refer to like as the touchstone game, but it was in many respects the players at their best very early in the season. Again, with with absolute bizarre depth, bizarre rotations, Izzo throwing everybody out there at different times. So we can talk in a second about the lack of um, rhythm and flow because there is such turnover because the players aren't necessarily quite sure like what that rhythm looks like with set guys and set um, pieces. Um, I mean, uh, let's just look at uh, Dimitri Trice. The kid is fantastic and uh, went on a 16-point run at one point. Um, yeah. In fact, he scored yeah. right to, to cut the lead to one point when we were up nine uh, in the second half. And I just think, you know, that is... that. 
you can't identify the hot the guy that's hot right now and shut him down. And, and, and Jones, you know, you kind of made some points about mismatch, you know, in terms of defense. And all of a sudden you've got a uh, lawyer having to post up and guard guys that like are just way, way out of his depth. Um, Wisconsin beat us in transition, 16 points to our six. That's a tempo game. That's our game, right? Wisconsin beat us at our speed game. There's no one that's going to say Wisconsin's a good fast team. They're not, but they beat us there. Talk about turnovers. 24 points off of 13 turnovers we gave up. So seven of them came from Aaron Henry, the kid who still only had, I mean, 12 points isn't terrible, but still shooting five from 13 for the field. And it's just, it, it, it's, it's mind numbing. You know, it's just very, very, very frustrating that these are the kind of points that we're continuing to talk about. And I think if we look back at what we talked about last week, it's going to be the same frustrations, defensively weak, unnecessary turnovers, failing in the transition, not getting boards and are the players who are supposed to be our leaders are being inconsistent. So that's, that's, that's my frustration. I think at this and it's, I it's, it's getting annoying to, to harp about, but there was some good, there were some good things, right? I mean, Kithier was good ish. Yeah. 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 We'll get to the goods in a second. I, I want to just add on briefly that, you know, that Demetri Trice run, um, which was good. And Izzo being like, man, I really should have recruited him afterwards was like, Oh God, Tom, Tom, you recruited Cassius Winston that year. Yeah. (laughs) You passed for a reason. Um, And that's not to take away from Demetri Trice, but the, uh, you know, for a large portion of that run, it seemed, I believe Rocket Watts was on Trice. Yep. And then they switched to Henry, which shut Trice down. Uh, And then Reavers had a second, like, you know, a, a fleeting second in the game where he was a little bit hot. Um, to really just kind of put the game a little bit out of reach. Um, Henry's defense seemed more back to where we thought it could be. Rockets, I'm becoming increasingly convinced that Rocket is hurt. His, His offensive output is bad, and his defense has regressed. Yeah, it's not, it has not been where we expected at the beginning of the year. And, and frankly, he played better in the beginning of the year on defense. Yep. It, it when we knew that he was injured. That was when we knew that he had, he's got like a knee scope or something like that. Yep. That happened I think he's got a stress fracture in his foot is what I've heard. Oh, that's right. There's, well, there's always one of those on this team. You yeah. can, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, what I noticed in the box score is that just the defense that we thought was going to be the reliable bedrock of this team. It's just, it's not there, and it's not coming back. Um, yeah, 45 half points is not good. Rocket is not producing at the level defensively that we expected, and Josh Langford, you know, Tom Mizzo thought he was getting his best on the ball defender back. It's not there. Have either of you guys had, I know this is a little bit editorializing, but we're still going to do it. Have either of you guys had a stress fracture ever? Uh, no, it, or, but I understand they don't go away. They don't go away. I've had one in my foot. I got it refereeing. It was... It was the most painful. It, it remains to this day the most painful thing I've ever endured, and I've broken a bone. You know, the, the, it, 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 the aching, the constant aching, the the sharp stabbing pain anytime you put weight. So if he truly has a stress fracture in his foot, and he's playing through it, I, I couldn't be surprised because he's obviously a much better athlete, much stronger, <laughs> much more dedicated to his craft than I ever could imagine being. But still, there is no way you can perform at the level required to play for a team like Michigan State. 
if mm-hmm. if even a fraction of that is true. Yeah. So if that's if that's the case, he's doing himself and the team a disservice. And if that is the root of some of this, it's immaturity. Now we probably shouldn't well, spend more time prognosticating him either. But what do you mean? If you're well, injured, I mean, like, you can't play. Um, I don't know that he's going to sit out, but I, 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 certainly the staff knows about it. And they've made an educated decision. Yeah. Um, no, not educated. Let's not say that again, because uh, these, <laughs> my God, what, t- t- where's the lie? I mean, well, we're going to talk about Minnesota, but Jesus Christ, if what happened to Iowa happens to us, I'm, I'm going to have to have a conversation with someone. Well, I also, <laughs> you're going to call up the, the, uh, Karen the office over there. Karen's calling, through to tell them. calling someone up. Hey, hey, Tom, it's Plum. It's Alex Plum. Listen, we have got to talk about this stress fracture situation. (laughs) I'm getting Uh, a kind of mobility boot. Last thing I want to say on the is sort of before we get into a couple positives, and there really were only a couple positives, seemingly. Um, Gabe Brown. This is back to the madness that we had last year where we poke fun of the fact that Gabe Brown seemingly goes missing. Except Gabe Brown is on the floor a lot more now. He had 19 minutes in this game, went one for two from the field. Nice. Big. One rebound and one assist. (laughs) That is, you might as as well have been a ghost out there. Well, to be fair, that's one more rebound and one more assist than Jeremy, oh, Josh, whatever, Langford had. Who? But continue. Foster Lawyer, in, in less time, had a better stat sheet. Uh, Julius Marble in less time had a better stat sheet. I, I nearly everybody had a better stat sheet than Gabe Brown. Heck, in some ways, Marcus Bingham in his six minutes had a better stat sheet. Like, Rude. It, it is, uh, it is concerning. Um, you know, some of the role players I think just didn't show up in this game. One who did a positive note, Thomas Kithier, long, uh, you know, long a favorite of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Can't get enough of the Kith wagon. Only yeah. ever said positive things about Thomas Kithier. Yeah. So Kithier, 18 minutes, goes three for five from the field, five rebounds, uh, one assist, ends up with four fouls. Oh, and had a steal. Um, for Kithier, that's a pretty productive 18 minutes. And, and there was, uh, when he got pulled in the first half, it was kind of a, in my mind, I was, it was like, I feel like a hypocrite saying this, but why are we pulling Thomas Kithier? Yeah. He's crushing it right now. Um, Plum, did you notice his contribution? I did. I did. I, I actually did. And I think, you know, it's, um, we can talk about is, I mean, you know, obviously we led with this uh, on the pod today. Izzo got asked in the post game about um, Thomas Kithier and the minutes, right. And sort of saying, you know, Michigan state fans, there's a pretty large, you know, group of these fans who are, decrying Kithier's, you know, number of minutes again. He's starting at the, at the five. It doesn't make a ton of sense. He's, you know, or the guy didn't ask that question that way. But, and Ezra was like, oh, guys are disappointed. Great. Stay disappointed because he's productive. He's doing what I want him to do. And we've covered this on the pod. I think last week, the week before, we talked about how Kithier plays the kind of defense, um, such as it is, that Izzo likes. He's consistent. He's, you know, he was pulling down boards. He, he looked good in that um respect he had eight points you know uh which i think he averaged three and a half points last season so that's obviously almost you know triple um the scoring and is a wants to, output yeah and and and, <laughs> and, and is a wants to get him to 10 points so eight points on five attempts isn't 
is it bad? You know, in my mind, it's you're shooting eighty percent there. Uh, five boards, good. The kid is, you know. So I, I, that's the kind of stuff that Tom's obviously looking at. Um, I think Tom called out his hook shot. <laughs> I was like, oh, Tom, that's cute. So <laughs> there, there are things that he sees that we don't, and you know, uh, well, I shouldn't say we don't. Uh, maybe we don't appreciate as much as he does, but. To be honest, I mean, clearly, we just talked about this. The Bingham experiment has completely failed, so that's gone. So really, it's up to Marble. And I think with Marble's youthfulness, Izzo still isn't convinced that he's the kid. Certainly, he wants starting in the five. So um, unless you're going to move Hauser back there from time to time, that's who he's got. So yeah, that's where we are. So he plays like he did against Wisconsin. If he plays like that against Minnesota or Nebraska, I think we'll be very, very happy. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned Joey Hauser. Set a career high uh, in this game. Uh, 28 minutes, 27 points. Uh, seven rebounds, two assists, only one turnover. Hell of a game for Joey Hauser. Uh, 10 for 11 from uh, from the cherry stripe. Also, Plum, uh, you probably zeroed in on that one miss, but uh, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great outing by Hauser, uh, who, you know, sometimes, though, when you see people putting up numbers like that, it really is a reflection on uh, no one else was getting it done. Yeah. Because um, Joey Hauser was about the only bright spot in the game. Yep. Yep. Speaking of which, uh, Jeremy Langford. Uh, yeah. Oh, 30 we, minutes. Jeez. Yeah. He, he played a lot of time in this game. And again, what does he have to show for it? He does not have a lot to show what? for it. Not- I, uh, uh- I brought this up maybe two weeks ago now. I I think we're starting to see kind of what you can expect from Mr. Langford in his last year. Oh, and unfortunately, it's not what we were hoping for. Not even I mean, even if he could give us maybe even like 30 percent more effort, the kid now here we can say this. He was responsible for zero, zero turnovers. He was one of only. I don't know, two guys that played more than 10 minutes who, uh, other being Foster Lawyer, who committed no other turnovers. Everyone else had oh, at least one. Don't forget Brown. Don't forget about Gabe Brown. Uh, Gabe Brown didn't play 10 minutes, friend. Oh, yeah, he, he did. Played- oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're sorry. sorry, 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 sorry. Friend. Friend. <laughs> friend. Wait, no, friend. did he? How many minutes did Gabe Brown play? 19 and did nothing. 19, yeah, uh, 20. Did he really play 19 or is that a typo? <laughs> you'd be forgiven for thinking that it was yeah all right anyway point being uh lost my point uh oh yeah that's it josh langford <laughs> that was my point all right uh that's all of that said i think we can say that generally speaking we still conceptually believe in the upside of this team i just don't know that i think turning in a fourth big 10 championship is gonna happen this year well, not not right now, but you guys are the ones that tell me to calm down and yeah. take my lithium because, I mean, it's early, it's still December, and this is how Michigan State plays. But I just, I'm getting concerned. That's the insanity doctrine, right? It's that you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And I'm like, what is happening in practice? What's happening in the locker room? What's happening behind the scenes? Because when we get to the game, it's the same play calling it's the same drastic over-reliance on the entire depth chart it's the same players in in the wrong kind of spot it's the same players continuing to fail to produce 
what's what's so what's different? What's happening that's different? Show me something different. And um, I'm not saying that. And so that that's the concern. That's where the concern well, comes from. There are a couple pieces of good news. One is Northwestern has now defeated both Indiana and Ohio State in addition to MSU. So that loss is looking better, better. and better. Yeah. 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 Wisconsin is the only team in Kempom that is, oh no, Baylor is now as well. But what I was going to say is top 10, both uh, adjusted offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. They're, they're a legit team for the moment. Um, now it is, I think this is the first time MSU started the season 0-2 since like 2006 or something. Um, So that is a concern. And it does, you know, to drop in Arrested Development uh, reference in the pod, we do seem to have a number of Milford men on the the roster this year. (laughs) They're they're neither seen nor heard. Uh, But... Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, less I had to good explain because it. you had to ex- yeah, less good because you had to say it. I sure. I had to explain it. That's how a good reference works. Um, I I think that there was some potential for this team that we're starting to realize might not be realized. To use the same word twice in a sentence in two different ways, but uh, I don't think we're going to get what we were expecting out of Josh Langford. Rocket Watts is not becoming his own, running the team. And Aaron Henry forgot how to score the ball. So <laughs> so good. What we're, what we're at now is Joey Hauser better get every rebound and then go <laughs> off from three uh, occasionally. And then someone from the bench in that rotating cast better have a big game. Otherwise, this might turn out to be a very mediocre season. I, I do. I think it's... I, I'm kind of refining a point that I mentioned to you guys before we started recording in that, you know, you, you brought up the, some of the inability to finish by Henry and rocket. And I said before we started recording that it reminded me of when Tillman couldn't hit a layup last year, like to save his life wide open layups. He was just missing. (laughs) Yeah. And, and then, you know, then he started just dunking the ball. He's like, oh, I realized I can dunk the ball, and that solved my problem. Then he became a rookie dunker. It was his first year dunking. Wow. Mm. That's a yeah. reference to his Twitter handle. God, yeah, you, you need we're to keeping him now. esoteric. God, damn. Uh, I so should watch the game. Deep cuts. Anyway, that my my sort of refined point on it is less that that maybe Henry and Watts need to be going harder to the bucket, though they do but that if if some of this gets sorted out if they find a way to get that little inch in in the same way that last year Tillman was able to just start dunking the ball and that kind of got him back to where he needed to be and he started producing the points it's it's funny how the end of a basketball season you forget about the middle of the basketball season or the Mm. beginning of the basketball season yep and so I I would just merely suggest that the upside for this team, I've not dismissed outright that, that Henry and Watts so clearly have the capacity and capability to be dominant players who can change a game. And we've seen flashes of it. And it's just for whatever reason, you can tell in rocket in particular that something is not right. And, And I don't know if it's upstairs or if it's, if it's a physical ailment, 
but he is clearly pissed that he cannot score a bucket to save his life. And that is affecting the rest of his game. And so if they can figure that piece out, I'm, I'm willing to come back around on the team. Well, I will say this uh, about Aaron Henry finishing at the bucket. I certainly don't want him shooting threes. Uh, <laughs> currently shooting 13% on threes right now. <laughs> I want to say thank so, you to Aaron Henry for only shooting one. For only on one attempt yeah. against Wisconsin. Yeah. Maybe that's why it was a competitive game. But uh, God, he yeah. is the <laughs> by far, I think, the highest utilization player on the team. Uh, Aaron Henry. Yeah. Yep. So right now the team is going to go as Aaron Henry goes. This is the concern. Yeah. This is the concern. But hey, Hauser had a career high. Let's fo- maybe Foster Lawyer's going to have a career high against uh, Minnesota, Minnesota tomorrow. Maybe. Uh, but let's uh, let's put that to to rest for now. Uh, we've got two games. It, it was a weird week to come off of the the one loss to Northwestern, have a pod, and then have one game. And and one of the nice things about basketball, I think, is that you normally have a few games to get through. And so you can say a little bit more about trends. Um, And this is a, this is a, let's to your point, Greg, this is top 10 in both adjusted offense and adjusted defense. And we lost to them in a relatively competitive game. Like maybe let's not be mad about that. Maybe we lost and that's frustrating, but we did make meaningful improvement and we have two games this next week. And so we can say a little bit more about how this team is responding. Yeah, Fine. Great. I'm on board. All right, I'm on board. Plum. The we only teams oh, in the conference that are zero and two: MSU, Maryland, Indiana, Penn State, Nebraska. Ah, That's where you want to be. That is exactly where I want to be. But <laughs> to Jones's point, everything is rosy and sunny, and we're all going great. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Sorry, but I think you're right, Mike. All right, Brandon Sands. Wait, guys. Nope. Wait, yes, you're right. You're right. My bad. Uh, oh, my God. I was in the wrong spot. He had energy. He had energy converted to this thing. There was momentum, Michael Jones. I had oh, Brandon Sansergy. Yeah, you write Brandon Sands an apology yeah, we're not, letter. We're not going to get paid this month. All right, guys, listen. Mortgage rates remain very near to historical lows. We don't want another pandemic. We don't want those lows to go so low that we have a depression, but we want you to know that they're very low. And so they are so low, exceptionally low, that if you happen to be in the market for a new home, or if you're already paying an outrageously high mortgage rate, anything 4% or above, clearly you're out of your mind. You've got to get in touch with our guy, Brandon Sands. Guy is a guy, guy is even a dude. Uh, he is the mortgage loan originator that we want you to talk to. Our friend Brandon Sands has closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. We like to think that Brandon sets himself apart because he's willing to have a beer with just about anybody. The guy uses a consultative approach you know, to, to listen to what your goals are, listen to what you're concerned about, really be earnest and frank, very transparent, puts all of his cards on the table to discuss you know, these really important decisions. Money options are are important to you and your family. So you're uh, you're paying anything higher, like we said, than 4%, you're paying too much. So so contact Brandon. He's helping people just like you, just like us, just like Grooch, save hundreds, sometimes thousands per month by consolidating on their high interest debts and refinancing their homes. Go to rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's rate.com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Booyah. 
Love it. Uh, let's head off Grand River, gentlemen, and uh, let's start with, I think, the best Christmas present of all. I think we can all agree that the news about Drew Stanton signing as a practice quarterback with the Buccaneers was made our collective Christmases. Yep. Yes? Yep. It does. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. 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 it does my heart so good to know that Papa Drew is still out there putting on that LPGA tour visor, carrying that clipboard on the sidelines. You know, it just goes to show that if you're just a really nice, affable guy, people will hire you to just hang out around them on the sidelines for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then maybe go in semi-occasionally. Probably not, though. He's played, what, like 38 games in his whole 40-year career or something? Oh, no, no, no. Like that? Greg, he's not even on the sidelines. Uh, uh, he's not even dressed for games. He's the practice quarterback. Awesome. He's, yes. the scout, yes. he's the scout teamer. Yes, 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 yes. Drew Stanton is still getting paid to play football, but he is literally getting played, paid to play in a very traditional sense football. Like, it is not competitive. Um, and I'm happy for him. Uh, so, when you are a league, uh, when you... When you when you've been in the league forever and you get signed to the practice squad, do you get paid practice squad rate wages or do you still get the, like the veterans minimum or whatever? Uh, um, let's find out. Oh God. I ruined the podcast. You yeah. The podcast. This is on you. While he's Wait, looking- hold on, hold on. He, practice squad players still make $8,400 a week. That's wait, wait, uh, Oh, $12,000 per week. <laughs> wait, Jonesy, are you not pulling 12 K a week? This is stupid. Are you, are I you okay, this. dude? Is everything hate, okay over there? I hate everything about this. I, I hate every. Does someone need to buy some doc review? You can hit me up. Uh, oh just find God. me on LinkedIn, Michael Jones. All right. Anyway, uh, that's so, Drew, we're happy for you. We love you. Um, obviously, if anyone knows Drew and he wants to hang out with us, let us know. Uh, he's not responding to our calls. Uh, in more serious news, though, uh, Keontae Johnson, who... I don't know that we've talked about on the pod. We haven't. No, uh, we thought about it, but we didn't have information. We didn't want to That's right. speculate. That's right. That's now we're going to start speculating a little bit. There's a little bit yes. more to speculate about. So Keontae Johnson uh, is, if you don't know, is a wonderful player uh, for Florida uh, who uh, a couple weeks ago passed out on the court uh, seemingly without without cause. Um, if you've not seen the video, uh, it's, it's pretty disturbing. Um, he's just walking and then collapses onto the court. Um, he was in the hospital, uh, at one point in time was, uh, put into a medically induced coma. Um, he has now been released from the hospital, which is wonderful news. Um, the AP has reported that Keontae Johnson, uh, had, uh, COVID earlier in the year mm-hmm. and at, one, at least one publication, uh, I believe it was a Florida paper has said that, uh, Keontae Johnson had suffered, has suffered from myocarditis. Um, it is unclear whether that has been the cause of what happened to him. Plum speculate for me. Well, what I can say is when they announced that he had, uh, um, had it but it was put in a medically induced coma i mean that was your heart just sinks because that's you just don't they just don't generally come back from that especially not with this uh not with this now 
he had tested positive before, obviously. Um, seeing somebody just drop like that where they're otherwise completely present, I mean, that's that's typically something that's, you know, cardiac related. Um, so it isn't, you know, to, to hear the speculation, it kind of does gel with what with what we saw. And, and it's what we kind of know is happening with COVID. And he had the history of the disease. So you put those pieces together. The concern is the effect. So, it, you know, the effect that going into a medically induced coma, you're intubated, th- that just it, it takes it's just terrible. It does terrible things to your body. It's very difficult just to recover from that. Um, so this kid, you know, and again, why does this disease afflict athletes and people who are very, you know, in great physical shape and tip top? What, how is, you know, what is that cytokine storm? How does that happen? So we don't, you know, we don't f- fully understand it. We, we see it happening. Fortunately for Keontae Johnson, it looks like he, um, really got the, uh, really got the, the bad end of the stick on that one. So we really, we we're praying for him. We're hoping for him. Um, sending good thoughts to him and his family as he gets, uh, it gets better. It gets, you know, slowly but surely back in the gym and gets that, uh, you know, gets back in shape. Hopefully this hasn't completely destroyed his career. And I'm sure we'll continue to hear more as more becomes available. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, certainly, hopefully not this. I mean, Kante Johnson was preseason SEC player of the year. So yeah. very bright future for this young man and terrifying that, uh, that perhaps, you know, he could have been put at risk as a result of us as a, as a society choosing to play these games. Um, other coaches have kind of beat the drum on this. I think coach Calpari who, oh. uh, who's down in, uh, in Kentucky and, and <laughs> down in one in six Kentucky saying a lot about <laughs> a lot of things right now. Uh, <laughs> but also pointed out, you know, every coach in the country probably wants to know as much as they can about this situation. Yes. yes. Because, I'm not going to doubt this. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are, there are guys across the country that are playing right now that have had COVID previously. I know that in the big 10, at least they all have to get evaluated for cardiac issues before they're cleared to play after testing positive for COVID. Um, but still, I, to think that this might be related to him having COVID earlier in this year and then, you know, exerting himself to that degree in these games so soon after his illness, his course of illness is uh, is very, very, very concerning. Yeah. It's why I stopped working out during quarantine. That's right. Yeah. That's for self-preservation. Right. That's um, correct. But uh, to Plum's point, we are wishing him and his family all the best. And and one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about uh, the statements his family has released, which is they said they will share any information they can that they think would help other people yeah. have as much knowledge as they can. So, you know, um, not that I'm rooting for there to be some, you know, mystery solved or unlocked here. Um, you know, I, I certainly in many ways hope that it's not COVID related. Um, because you know you would you would hate to fear for for other athletes in the same way, um, but anyway, uh, bowls. Let's talk about them. Uh, Missouri, uh, Big Ten point of interest, has recently canceled as of tonight their bowl against Iowa because of COVID. Cool, cool, yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I, I think you can get ready to to see a couple more of those. Yep. Uh, I wonder if the college football playoff has a backup plan. Nope, <laughs> I bet they do not. That's too bad. It would be great if they did. Um, yeah, what is what is the plan for that? If a college football playoff team need, 
is it the offending or offending is probably the wrong word. Is nope. it the team? Let's shame it. Need, yeah. Is it the team that cancels that uh, is removed from competition? I mean, that makes the most sense. Yeah, uh, I would assume so. Um, yeah. And then if, uh, you know, if both teams have to cancel, then uh, the other two teams just play twice. <laughs> Honestly, why not? I love that. I love that. Why not? Time, it makes it makes no sense in a season that makes no sense. We should have a championship that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It'd be perfect. Actually, you know, I would be fascinated for a best out of three football series. Mm. I don't know that that's been done before, and I'd be interested in it. Um, anyway, uh, it, but if it's, you know, Bama, Notre Dame, we all know how that's going to turn out. Uh, anyway, we, I mean, we could get, you know, Clemson, Notre Dame, best out of three series. That could happen unofficially. Sure. Uh, it, yeah, I guess I get your point. Um, other news, notable undefeated, uh, coastal Carolina lost to Liberty, um, in the FBC mortgage cure bowl. What is that? You know what it is? It's the sound of the playoff committee being like, y'all didn't trust our eye test. Oh, so and it- now look at what's happened. You surely don't I test this. wins. You don't I test this. was one and oh in that game. I think Coastal Carolina was just so disappointed that there, nothing meant anything anymore. And Liberty actually had something to play for. Uh, That's what maybe the Lord. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Donations uh, um, in thy mass. Eh? Yeah, uh, Plum, you watched the uh, Iowa-Minnesota game? No, not Iowa-Minnesota. Was it uh, Iowa-Minnesota? It was Iowa-Minnesota. It was Minnesota oh. beat Iowa in overtime. Brandon Johnson just beaten up on him with those threes. A shocking number of threes, I might add, in overtime. So it was a nice game. And um, you love to see it, unless you're Iowa, and then you hate to see it. I, You know, Luke Garza's been uh, Luke. Luca, Luke, yeah. Lukey, Luco, Who eyebrows, 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 Magarza. Also, to be fair, I hadn't really watched Iowa play. That kid is an absolute horse. He's an actual, <laughs> like, horse, man, horse. He's huge. It's upsetting. Um, Brandon, you got to give it to you. Got to give it to Minnesota. It came from out of nowhere, and you know, uh, drained. Th- we're just three after three. I can't stop with the threes. I know it's most maybe it's because after watching um, Michigan State fail to drain threes and watching Aaron Henry, thankfully not even attempt any, but missing the one he tried to take, it just was really something. So um, with our poor performance and Iowa getting you know being as ranked as they were uh, with so much promise, to see that even an unranked team in Minnesota could beat them gave me hope that you know maybe the Big Ten's a bit of a wild card in basketball like it has been in football, and uh, maybe to the points that we've made earlier in this pod, there is still yet hope. So go Gophers. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I'm going to let you talk about preserved homemade. Oh my God. You guys preserved homemade. You know, this is our second sponsor. This is the one that we're probably most excited about because of the holiday season and because of those delicious treats. So preserved homemade goods and provision store, bringing you the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. The December drop is closed but the January drop is just about to open. So get in there, grab some Bloody Mary mix or whatever. Check out that Instagram page. 
Go to preserved-homemade.com. Treat yourself or someone you love to some preserved homemade goodness this month. If you missed it, if you've got someone on your Christmas list, let's say you know this happens to everyone. Someone gave you a gift, but they weren't on your list. And you're like, oh, thank you. That's very nice. And now you're reeling. They've got you on your back foot. Preserved homemade fixes all of that. And then the drop system is perfect. You can be like, oh, God. I meant to get this for you in the December drop, but there was an issue. I messed up. So it had to come in the January drop. I'm sorry, but I was intending to gift this to you the entire time. It's a perfect system and not one that I intend to use myself, of course. (laughs) I hope that several of my family members are now listening to the podcast right now. All right. Uh, yes, preserved uh, underscore homemade on Instagram or preserved-homemade.com. Uh, if you want to check them out, uh, we will keep you posted on the official date for the next drop. Uh, it's time for game previews. And uh, Greg, you did some Minnesota research, even though Plum just told us uh, they yeah. excel at shooting threes in overtime. <laughs> yeah, Plum, you were a Minnesota football, uh, basketball fan. Uh, as little as 48 hours ago. Yes, sir. Is, is there anything just like off the top of your head that you want to say before we get into the formal preview? <laughs> no, I mean, threes. yeah, I mean, I, uh, we have to give credit where credit's due. Iowa played like garbage, but still you got to give, you know, Brandon Johnson, Brandon Johnson, watch out, watch out. Yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Brandon Johnson, Western Michigan transfer, uh, eight for nine from three in that last game. Uh, previous in the year though, had been two for 10. So, uh, might've caught lightning in the bottle there a little bit. Uh, Marcus Carr though, is probably the story for that team. Uh, former pit transfer, of course, second leading scorer in the big 10, got over 24 points a game. Also assist leader in the big 10. And then, you know, Liam Robbins, Drake transfer, uh, leading the big 10 in block shots. Uh, I'm taking the, the opportunity to point out where all of these guys are coming from because we have another ragtag team of Richard Patino, you know, like transfers from all over the country that yep. are inconsistent from year to year because it's a joke that Richard Patino is still a coach in the Big Ten. He shouldn't be. Also true. Like, good God. Still true. You're in year like eight somehow, and your whole team is still made up of transfers. Have you ever developed a player, Richard Patino, in your entire career? When when so, people say 2020 sucks, Richard Patino's like, I don't see the problem with it. Yeah, yeah, get fired. I, got, <laughs> I got great uh i got great transfer this, this year they they toppled the top 10 team and i can point at that when i get my contract reevaluated at the end of the season um so uh, for all the good news uh for them about being beating iowa they also got annihilated by illinois by greater than 30 points uh last week so this is not a team like I understand that they just beat Iowa, but it's not a team that you have to be scared of. They're currently Ken Palm 42 and less efficient in both offense and defense than MSU. So I uh, this should be a game in spite of it being at the barn uh, that MSU wins. But uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Spartans don't go. Oh, and three. Hopefully we're in a one and two situation. Um, and I, I don't know how many times in the Richard Patino, you know, era he's actually managed to beat MSU. I, I can't be any more than two or three. I'm trying to remember how many games we've lost to Minnesota recently, uh, but anyway, um, they're all transfers. It's Richard Patino and they're a less good team. 
that's what you need to remember. Correct. Yes. Great. I love it. Good analysis. Correct. Correct. Uh, after that, on the 2nd of January in the year of our Lord, 2021, TBD on what network you'll be able to watch it on, we'll be playing at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is currently four and five in the big or four and five in the year, oh and two in the Big Ten. Ken Palm one sixteen. Uh, this isn't your Nebraska team last year because seemingly they did a patino and got a bunch of transfers. Uh, so even though Michigan ended up pulling away with the game that they played against Nebraska recently, Nebraska did challenge in the first half. Uh, the strength for this Nebraska team appears to be at the point guard position. And they have some, some tall guys at the guard position. Um, Delano Banton, uh, who sat out last year as a transfer from Western Kentucky is a six, nine point guard. Uh, they have a six, six Teddy Allen, who's a Juco transfer yet also began his career at West Virginia. Um, he scored 21 in the first half against Michigan and in the second half, it was 6-4 pit transfer, Trey McGowan's uh, shooting 40% from three, who put up 15 uh, in that second half against Michigan. Um, these are some big dudes who can shoot the ball pretty okay, but like to play within the uh, within the three-point arc for the most part. Um, so the interesting thing about that from a matchup standpoint is, as we've talked about our issues at guard perimeter defense, so... It's still Nebraska. I want to be very clear that it is Nebraska. Uh, but they they play a bit fast, and they seem to drive the ball off of the perimeter, and they have some height and weight on our guard. So uh, it's a weird matchup to watch. Um, the other thing to note is that Tom Izzo, in his postgame press conference after the loss to Wisconsin, did say his quote-unquote next project is getting A.J. Hogard more minutes. Um, it seems like he wants a an additional option as a traditional, more of a traditional part point guard than rocket was kind of his off the cuff uh, comment. So if Nebraska Nebraska's in this game, it would be a place that AJ Hogard would be getting some more minutes. Um, last thing to note is that uh, people may recall Tom Izzo being a total mensch last year and starting Jack Hoiberg um, to make uh, Fred Hoiberg, his dad, happy when Nebraska was garbage. I don't think that will be happening this year. <laughs> That's what I got. Anyone else got some thoughts on Nebraska? No, these uh, these are two good teams to hopefully bounce back against, um, neither of which uh, should be a problem. If If MSU drops one or both of these games, we will be at DEFCON 3 on the next podcast. Yeah. Uh, so. Four, maybe. Or wait, two, yeah. two, two. Whatever two. the high one is. Yeah. Whichever way escalates up. You know. That's the way. Just bad. Badder. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that, let's uh, let's do some Twitter questions, gentlemen. Sub one hour at this point in time, so we can maybe spend a little bit of time here. Oh, the, no, no one that's listening to the podcast was happy about that. No one. Everyone was like, please, please give us a pod, please, that we can listen to in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, first up is Nick Kamansky, who asks, better leader, 
Captain Lee from Below Deck, Chris Harrison from The Bachelor, or Tom Izzo from the MSU Basketball Squad. He also asks, why am I a dumbass? (laughs) (sighs) Oh, that made me giggle. It's not Chris Harrison. We know it's not Chris Harrison. No one likes that guy. Yeah, but the man writes a, a mean book. Oh, for uh, God's sake. Such a sake. fantastic book about relationships and oh my God. true love. Um, we're going to take Izzo yeah. and put him aside because he can't even choose a lineup. Get it together. I've wow. never <laughs> seen Below Deck. Uh, I hear that it's fantastic television, so I'm going to just choose Captain Lee by, uh, by reputation. And title. And yeah, coach, not as good as Captain. Uh, host, not as good as Captain. So there it is. Captain Lee. I don't know. Captain Lee wins. Host is pretty uh, good. Uh, uh, there's a lot of TV questions being asked here that I haven't read. Uh, next up from Nick Kamansky, Mr. Plum. What do you think of Briggerton on Bridgerton? Bridgerton? Uh, I think Netflix? it's Bridgerton. I have not seen it yet. I will say that my mom, the good Mrs. Reverend Plum, uh, was uh, thought there was way too much um, sexuality and nudity. And so she was uh, not a fan of that. But <laughs> that's Netflix. That's Netflix for you. So apparently it's a, it's a period piece uh, set uh, around the time of, uh, well, I don't know, 1800s, I guess, Britain. So you're sort of getting maybe a sexier Downton uh, where mm. it's very like the – you know, noble class, they, you know, profile a young woman's, you know, coming out as, in terms of the debutante ball and being presented to the queen and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. I just know that that's the, the new Shonda Rhimes vehicle. Shondaland. Shondaland. Like a billion U.S. dollars. You know, un, unpopular opinion. I'm not a huge fan of Shonda's work. I don't. I'm like whispering that because I'm afraid I'm going to get some hate, hate yeah, for it. I, I'm with you. I'm to say that. I'm yeah, with you. I just, it's like. Ugh. Given the demographical makeup of this podcast, yeah. I think we just acknowledge. Yeah, You're this right week's ratings, show. chaps, we all around. around. Merry Christmas. Merry well, that Christmas. was nice of Nick. I mean, I'm still rejecting oh. Cap completely, but that's still thoughtful of him. Very Agreed. generous, very generous Christmas gift to my two co-hosts there wow. from Nick Kamansky. Next up from Stizzle, Mike Jones. Can we trade for a real point guard? Uh, Stizzle, what does the portal look like? Have you logged into the portal? Well, when you talk to Tom next week, sure. you should uh, I'll bring it send up. him the Yep, order. I'll bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't, unfortunately, tradings, uh, if it were a thing. But I don't know. Would you trade for a point guard in? Do we think Tom Izzo should have pursued a point guard harder for this for this year? There were transfer options. We knew this was a problem. We did know this was a problem. And right now... Hoiberg is on scholarship when he does not need to be getting paid to be a college basketball. There it is. So I think something probably could have been done. I won't pretend to know every grad transfer point guard option that was available out there. Um, It sounds like uh, Rocket Watts himself doesn't think that he needs to be a point guard. It's like the people around him think he needs to be a point guard in the league. Can I just so, thank you for not saying his camp? I just want to acknowledge that you didn't say that, and I want to thank you for right. not saying it. You're welcome. I did that intentionally. I know. Uh, so I would, uh, I would have gladly taken a senior transfer point guard from the portal. I think that probably would have made for a better team. Yeah. You heard it here uh, first. 
Next up, Verbose Dutch, who asks, are your holidays going well? And I don't know if you gentlemen saw this, but uh, Verbose Dutch's kids got into a fight, uh, either on Christmas or Christmas Eve, uh, resulting in one with a split chin uh, and him in the uh, the ER uh, while they get stitches or urgent care or something. Uh, it sounds like a great I, holiday. I didn't realize this was the uh, make Verbose Dutch feel awful about being a parent publicly on the podcast. Uh, I think, podcast. I think, I think the point was is that his holiday was shaky, not great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not shaming anyone. I thought verbose Dutch was a. I, I thought verbose Dutch used she her pronouns, so I've I've been wrong for for some for some time. In your head, in my head, in my head, canon. I had a, I had applied she her pronouns to verbose Dutch, so that's on me. Uh, to answer your question. Uh, though for both Dutch, I had a fine holiday. Thank you. And I hope that yours improved from the trip to the emergency room. I actually don't know for both Dutch's pronouns. And so if I did my bad anyway, uh, <laughs> thanks plum next up CT and TC. What was your favorite Christmas gift? Plum, I'll start with you. Uh, we, I can't with this question. I, Oh, you mean this year? I will answer that question and I will do it in a way. That will take too long. I'm not going to. I'm going to tell you this. It was a blanket, and it was a blanket from the group Two Blind Brothers, which is an organization where you spend money, and then you get a gift sight unseen, and part of the proceeds of the funds go to fund research around curing a specific form of degenerative blindness that afflicts these two brothers. And my family and I all participated in this. So we, I think between all of us, we added like seven or eight boxes not realizing that it was going to be, and then we were going to secret Santa them, not realizing that it was going to be the same gift in every single box. So <laughs> we all got the same gift, which was a blanket. It's a very nice blanket. It's a weighted blanket. It's on my bed now. I like it a lot. It's up for the last night. So good gift, goofy, uh, and two blind brothers. Look them up. Great. I'd like to think that in your white elephant gift exchange, you still like went to the mattresses on one another being like, no, that's the one that I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how I would, I would have chosen to be over the top competitive in that environment. That's right. Uh, uh, Greg, how about you? Uh, the finest gift that I received was the gift of being able to be with friends and family. No, and no, I've got to choose. And yeah, that's the worst here. thing anyone's ever heard. When you're a gentleman in your mid thirties, uh, which is what I, I just said that out loud, yep. uh, <laughs> a chap you even, you don't get a bunch of like, mm -hmm. you know, world destroying gifts, right. you get a lot of nice things. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, uh, the most fun gift I think that I received was the, the switch game Hades. Cool. Uh, also available for PC. I'm terrible at it. Uh, and that's, I'm going to say that's my, uh, my best. What about you, Josie? Uh, I received a number of awesome things. Uh, my wife did all MSU related gear. Um, and uh, I got those, uh, some of those fancy uh, Nike, uh, Nike Spartan shoes that I will not be wearing anywhere, um, but will be wearing during game time. And that gave me sort of kid-like joy, we'll say. Oh my goodness! Cool, cool, but that was kids. Is that going to make you uh, more comfortable as you uh, doom pace back yes. and forth? There, there. It is like walking on air. Uh, they're wonderful. 
Um, They're going to get even grosser and sweatier than any gym shoes because of the context. Yeah. Which you wear. And when that happens, Uh, we will auction them off here. And I'm sure we've got fans in some places who would spend a lot of money on that. A predictor. Yeah. You're looking at you. You're looking at you. Yikes. All right. Grooch. Second up from CT and TC in pre pandemic times. What concessions would you get at the movie theater? Oh, dude, I'm going to sneak concessions in. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you serious? You think I'm paying those prices? That is America. That is America. Get out of town. There's only a handful of places where theft is like definitely encouraged. It's not really theft, but, you know, openly violating the rules. And this is one of them. Yes, it is. Uh, That said, I can't take the misses to a movie without having to get popcorn. Wow. I have to like budget weeks in advance for the $15 for popcorn or whatever the hell it's going to be. Do you know that a Uh, large popcorn with like movie theater industry standard amounts of butter on it has more calories than I think two Big Macs? There's a public health study or something done when they like looked at the caloric intake. It's that butter. I mean, the amount of butter. And it's just, it's not extra butter. It's just what the butter is when they push the little button and it measures it out. Could you believe it? I, uh, uh, I did notice that during COVID, a number of different, uh, a number of different multiplexes to try to remain relevant. And I do, I do feel bad for them. You know, this has hit them really sure. hard, but they were like, come on in and buy some concessions and then leave. <laughs> I was like, who is doing this? Who would do this to themselves? I mean, what they should have done is they could reduce the price because normally your ticket doesn't really cost it cover the cost of the film. Ah, that's why you have the jacked up or at least it doesn't give meaningful profit. It may cover the cost of the film, but it's not covering your labor and all the other nonsense. I worked in the movie theater for a time and I hate movie theaters. Well, I hate concessions at a movie theater to be specific. Yeah. Um, anyway, next up, Anthony Garver. Power this is a great question. This is a great yeah, question. Three most hated college basketball players of all time. He says, yeah. mine are one, Grayson Allison, eh, Grayson Allen, two, Brad Davison, and three, Aaron Kraft. Uh, it is worth noting that currently uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is sticking up for Grayson Allen on Twitter uh, because Trey Young tweeted a gif of Allen seemingly attempting to trip Young. Uh, a la Brad Davison, if we're being honest. So... Um, which has now sparked a whole NBA Twitter feud. Uh, Plum, who do you got? Um, I don't have Aaron Kraft on my top three. I have J.J. Redick as a very solid yes. three. Yes! Very solid. Well, actually, no, I'll be honest with you. He's right up there with Grayson Allen. God, that guy sucks. Uh, but but I, I disliked, in his heyday, I, I, there was not a human. I probably disliked J.J. Redick more then than I dislike Mitch McConnell now. I mean, that that really says something. That's fair. Uh, Greg, who do you have? Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Chris Kramer. Chris Kramer from Purdue mm. is my number one, two, and three most hateable <laughs> player of all time. Uh, I loathed Chris Kramer. Uh, and then I read some uh, some press that he did, and then I loathed him even more after that. Huh. Uh, yeah, I I really hate purdue as a program and i hate chris Kramer the most of everyone's been through there it gives me such a delight that the baby boilers never accomplished anything every time i think about it every time robbie hummel does one of our games i just like it reminds me 
that they never mm-hmm. really accomplished anything for all of their hype. Uh, and that MSU beat Purdue the day that they retired Robbie Hummel's uh, number. That also gives me cheer. Basically, Purdue basketball is my most hated player. Uh, of which fun, Chris Kramer is the most fun note on that. Uh, I think Gene Keaty's last game coaching was at Spartan Stadium, and I think we were there for it our freshman year. I remember watching that game from the Upper Bowl. Was that Breslin? It was at Breslin because they stopped the game to uh, to acknowledge him. Yep. To acknowledge his hair. <laughs> oh, such as it was. All right. What about you, Jonesy? What do you um, got? So I, it's tough. J.J. Redick, I, I'm with you, Plum, on the J.J. Redick. Um, it, Brad Davison, there is plenty of footage of him deliberately trying to hurt people. Yeah. Um, and he also just looks like a little... God. Someone needs to punch in the face. Yes. Uh, the... I was thinking hard about a, a, a third one. And honestly, I have to go with anyone with the last name Wagner. Yeah. Um, fine. It, your face is also dumb. Uh, <laughs> you share a name with someone who's a known Nazi sympathizer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, I, I don't respect anything about you. All right. Um, that's what I got. The Wagners. Uh, anyway, next up, prop bet of the week. Aaron Henry shooting percentage from three. Yikes. (laughs) Thus far, versus the total amount of alcoholic drinks consumed by the can't read, can't write crew during MSU Minnesota, the over-under is 13 and a half. Oh, God, help us. Uh, always bet the alcoholic. Yeah, you have to, especially if it's a crew effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's Mm -hmm. four, that's more than four beers apiece. Uh, I mean, depending on how this game goes. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we yeah, all know. I'm, we all know it's not going to be Aaron Henry's shooting percentage. Jesus, that is his shooting percentage thirteen point five right now. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the drinks. I'm taking the drinks. And uh, watch, he's gonna go for like forty percent, and we're gonna be dead. Yeah. No, I think he's saying, does Aaron Henry shoot better than thirteen and a half at Minnesota, or right. do we? Okay. All right. Yeah. I think I think the over on both. I'm taking the over on both. All right. All right. Next up, Elon Bloom. What do your metrics say about the length of the pod and number of downloads versus and streams? Wow. Uh, I looked into this. Nothing, actually. Inexplicably, nothing. Well, it's hard to know. Basically, uh, to sort of lift the curtain on how. Uh, on how this works the most that we get is we know what service did the stream so if a huge percentage of our listenership comes from apple podcasts and those are almost entirely downloads so um and then that and then even so yeah the streaming we get minute by minute breakdowns on spotify on spotify and only spotify the other but, services don't give us that but that data is clearly junk. Like, I, I don't know if you've spent any time with that, Greg, but like it is yes, garbage. We have yeah. one episode that uh, has a, a, a good number of listens that the it says the average listener was 12 minutes, which is inconsistent with every other stream that like we have data points on. So it's just it's junk. Um, what's been interesting to me about our analytics, and I can't imagine anyone is interested in this at any, at this point, but, 
what large, what a disproportionately large percentage of our audience listens on Apple podcasts. I don't know if that's demographically, if that makes sense. Like we have a relatively college educated, probably higher income listenership. So they might have more iPhones. Uh, or if it's just the fact that iOS makes it so easy and accessible to listen to podcasts that people just do listen to more podcasts if they have a device that makes it easier. Because how many times you guys have you been asked by someone like, how do I get your podcast on, on my Android device? And it's like, well, Spotify or Google podcasts, if you can find that app or, you know, whatever you want to do or pocket caps or whatever. It's so fragmented. Do you guys have thoughts on that or do you care? I mean, I don't tend to hang out with people who have Androids. um, So there's that. Correct. But (laughs) uh, no, it it is actually, that's a fair point, Greg, because it it does turn into a whole conversation about, all right, well, you know, you have to be like, all right, what's your investment in applications? What's the right application to like direct you to? Do you have any of these applications currently? If not, like, is it going to be a whole exercise to make you set up an account? Or do I just have you Google our podcast every week and get it from Google Podcasts? It's a whole thing. Um, So yes, I would agree. Uh, I will say this, and before we move on, because this is clearly a topic of interest more to us than anybody else, but we are the number one podcast in the can't read, can't write, uh, you know, um, media ecosphere. So uh, there's that. Um, Huge. I mean, what, what an accomplishment. Next up, Elon Bloom. Aaron Henry has seemed to regress a bit. Does he get it back this year? Greg, uh, Plum and I already kind of chatted at length about this. So what about you? I mean, he's got to get it back to some degree. He can't continue to shoot that poorly, right? It's impossible. It's like impossible. Impossible. Here's a question. Here's a question. Here's a question. How did Stella get her groove back? Hmm? Mm. How did she? Does anyone remember? We should send yes. a digital That's video exactly disc yes. to Aaron Henry yes. of how Stella got her yes. back. We should find out if she's on Cameo. Well, uh, or at least OnlyFans. Nothing. Uh, what do you think Rocket's <laughs> ceiling as a point guard is, and will he ever reach it at MSU? Plum, I'll start with you. I think, I mean, the kid has tremendous potential. And you've, we've seen glim, glimmers of it. Um, I want to say that he's injured. I want him to be injured so that I have something to hang my hat on here. And if he is, and he can get well, preferably in fewer years than it took Josh Langford to, he could definitely reach it some some capacity at Michigan State. So, um, but he's got he's got my God a ways to go right now. Yeah, because Greg, you you got to imagine Rocket imagined he would be in the league next year. Yeah, I. I honestly don't know. I I think it's really unlikely that he's going to reach. If he has a high ceiling as point guard, I think it's unlikely that he's going to reach it at MSU. I think he's, I don't know that he has the instincts to be a point guard. He's a slashing head down, shoot first kind of guy. And I haven't seen much this year that uh, leads me to believe that he's going to just miraculously put it together at some point mid season. And yeah. I don't think he 
is that interested in sticking around here for the length of time that it would require for him to fully transition into a point guard. So unfortunately I'm bearish on Rockets point guard capabilities in the long term. Great use of bearish. Next up, B list, turtlenecks, jean shorts, or socks with sandals. Plum? Uh, I think it's gonna be turtlenecks. Really? I would have thought jean shorts. I uh, am not a never nude, so I don't know much about jean shorts, uh, jorts, as it will. Those are those are cutoffs, you know. If we're being specific, culottes. I believe. I believe culottes was the word, but um, no, I'm gonna go with turtlenecks. Yeah, all right. Nice Great. solid I'm turtleneck. Gonna, I'm gonna take all three. Load me up. God, you are disgusting. Turtleneck up top in case, you know, we, we get a breeze. Jean shorts down low because we like to party and then socks and sandals because, you know, we're hanging loose. You if anyone's ever described anyone as hanging loose, no one could be a slenderer, looser man than you, Grooch. Jonesy. B-List asks for Spartan football. What official team activities are allowed in the offseason? Does COVID testing continue for the team? Uh, well, B-List, good news for Spartan football. It's also true of other NCAA football programs. Uh, the offseason is uh, a little bit loosely defined uh, because it, it, it depends upon um, what specific part of the offseason you're in. So, uh, for instance, in spring ball, uh, you're allowed to have more team-directed activities than you are, say, in the summer where there are no uh, there can be nothing that's mandatory of the players, though this all seems to be a wink wink to the is it mandatory or not? Um, can you just drop something? My microphone. <laughs> God. Uh, so uh, in summer, it, be list to give you the short answer. Or in the offseason, uh, teams can have eight hours of activity. Um, versus the 20 that they get during the season itself or the ramp-up period to season. Um, in the summer, there are no, there can be no mandatory activities, though, again, wink, wink. Uh, so you'll get a lot of, um, of stuff that is strength and conditioning during the off-season periods. Uh, they can do, in football, they can do, Football activities, however, there can't be a piece of equipment that is related to football, and they cannot be arranged in formations that are utilized in football. So I'm not quite sure what any of that means, um, but it, the NCAA rules and all this nonsense are quite specific. Um, and there's whole compliance departments dedicated to figuring out what these rules mean. Um, anyway, uh, next up, uh, Carl, you do too much, bro. Uh, first time <laughs> questioner at who is a JD MPH, Hey-o. by the way. So, a perfect fit for this pod. Uh, asks, Does Kithier have an Izzo P tape? No, but his dad uh, does. Hot. <laughs> uh, it's a good question, though. I think after this most recent outing, we yeah. uh, are less convinced on the P tape. Marginally. Uh, it's that Izzo had a P-tape on everyone else. <laughs> Izzo knew all along. Uh, 
Uh, it doesn't fit. It's not perfect. This is like this actually le- my answer leads in to this second upcoming question from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. So it's perfect. Oh. Uh, first one from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, Jonesy. Is it time to move on from Izzo after two bad losses? Yeah, bring in that guy from Dallas, San Antonio. What's the name of the coach? Does the whole thing? Oh, uh, uh, Rick Carlisle. Yes. Right. Whatever. Uh, upper deck jerk guy. I remember actually you asked last year during a bit of a losing streak, uh, or maybe it's beginning of the basketball season about, are we going to do this thing again where we all have our freak out? And in reality, everything's just fine. Yes. We're going to do this thing that we do because Tom Izzo does this thing every year that we're like, you dumbass. <laughs> Consolidate your lineup. Anyway, no, it's That's not right. time to move on. It's, we it's get our right of passage. It's, we get our right of passage, too. We get to freak out. It's fine. Grooch, do you really bring anything unique to the pod? Why are you needed? <laughs> it's a good point, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. I don't, I don't bring the, the tones that Jonesy does. I don't bring the righteous fury that Plum does. But you know what I bring to the pod? Plume. 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 We, we canceled that joke. You know what I bring to the pod? I, I curate your questions in such a way that doesn't reveal how desperate they've become to, uh, to, 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 you know, to get attention back on yourself. Yeah. I, I went back and I reviewed our, uh, our Twitter, our Twitter question competitions from the summer. I noticed, I noticed a theme of predict jerk guy didn't do too well. So, so I, uh, I prop you up a little bit. I curate the, the giant desperate lists that you provide us every week. To, to help keep your uh, keep your reputation or this uh, you know, th- this opinion that you have of yourself uh, you know up elevated where it belongs. That's what I bring to the podcast. I lift you up, upper deck jerk guy. Well, let me tell you what I bring to the pod. <laughs> okay, this from His Eminence Jeffrey Chaucer. When that April with his sure suit. The draught of March hath passed to the root, and bathed every vein in switch liquor, of which virtue engendered is the fleur. And I could go on. I could go on, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, but I'm not going to. Never, ever, ever question whether I can recite anything in Middle English from any 12th century author, you fool. Foolish question, indeed. (laughs) All right, next up, Raymond Chains. Which upcoming MSU basketball game excites you the most this year? Which football recruit excites you the most? Um, Greg, uh, MSU basketball game, go. I mean, we're always looking forward to the great answer. Oh, you idiot. Minnesota, and I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because any game that stops what the hell's been going on is the game I want. So that's the game. Uh, on the shot there on the Minnesota hey. game. Uh, Greg, uh, which football recruit excites you the most? Ooh. It's going to be Russo, right? Yeah, that's not a yeah, that's it. That's not a recruit. That's no, a recruit. that's, that's a recruit. This is the, the program. That's this the is answer. the program. The, their Audric Estime oh, is the answer. Oh, oh, boo. Boo Earns. I was saying Boo Earns. Jonesy. <laughs> How many times have you gotten kicked out of Rick's and the peanut barrel the same night? Because I know that's happened to you at least twice. It is not. Okay, well, 
That's too bad because Raymond Chains knows someone I, that that did happen to. Slash, he's asking for a friend. LOL. I've never been to Rick's. You've never been? I've to only been Rick's? a couple times, I think. Are you serious? Yeah, you can take me, bro. Oh, my God. When life returns Lord. to normal, will you take me? I just didn't want to. Who wanted to yes. hang out there? Right. Thank you, Plum. Thank you. Who wanted thank to you. go to Rick's? It, we're probably alienating a lot of people a lot of, and i and to those people oh, i want to apologize but you know who you are and you know exactly what we mean oh, there's Next. nothing better than standing in line around the <laughs> corner waiting for ricks uh also i love uh getting kicked out of the peanut barrel like what would it take no to i'll tell you i think there's trying, trying to get three, yes trying to get that's three, it right? it's one thing there's only one thing it's it's getting that third and if they see you drinking that's someone else's Bam, you're out. Gone. Yeah. Uh, next up from Raymond Chains. This week on the D'Antonio Show, other Spartan Motorcycle Club uh, members laugh off Boilermakers Motorcycle Club <laughs> setting up a grow house close to the Michigan-Indiana border. But, but the D <laughs> is worried about future incursions. Wow. Or the coach and the missus have a row after a snide comment about 2020 jet sweeps. Oh. My God. I like the idea that during an argument, Becky D'Antonio could just mention a jet sweep. Like that was a classic jet sweep move. And then Mark like slams his, like puts down whatever he's carrying. And he's like, you can win every fight that way. You know, you know that you can win. But you know, there's a passionate makeup resolve that happens after that. So Mm. yeah. Yeah. But he's, he always goes to the short side with that. So short side, that is not okay. Uh, Not okay. Anyway, Next up Ooh. is Mama Maple Leaf, who asks, <laughs> what are the odds that Rocky Lombardi will make it two in a row beating Michigan next time as a Husky on 9-18-21? You know what? 21. Wow, Mama Maple Leaf, looking at that. <laughs> that is knowledge. That uh, NMU Husky football schedule. Great work. Doing it the hard way, Mama Maple Leaf. Capital job. Uh, they're not I mean, good. They're not good, up. but we're rooting for it. That's for sure. You know what other team isn't good? App State. Uh, yeah, these are two not good teams. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, anyone can win. There you I go. Anyone can win. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give the Huskies ten. Okay, shot. twenty fifteen. Wow, 15. I mean, all they know is that the Michigan's not getting better at corner. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, a suggestion for a New Year's resolution for 2021 is to write down your accomplishments. That's what does that mean? What 2020 Spartan sports accomplishments do each of you choose to keep in mind for encouragement in the new what year? What do you do? Correct, explain this one to me. Uh, I yeah. What are the Spartans' best sports accomplishments of this year? Yeah, but we'll say. no, no, I think, no, no, I think it makes sense. Right now. Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. So, so part of your resolutions, or I always try to say things we're gonna, we're going to do better to improve ourselves. But I think she's being well, be a little retrospective. What are these things? What did, what did you achieve? What did you accomplish over the course of the year to set yourself up? See, I see. So too I often see. we make these unreasonable things, and then we think we're going to fail, and we don't go to the gym. But in fact, we achieve many things all year. So it's a bit of a celebration. And I think the thing we should be most thankful. I like for, that. I'm believe. Uh, in addition to. Uh, uh, beating Michigan, we beat Duke. Well, those are two great wins. Love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's not also forget that you know basketball. Uh, yes, you know, did some playing earlier in the year, yeah. 
And, uh, you know, something that I choose to continue to be encouraged by is that despite the fact that he certainly is far better an athlete than I will ever be, but that Cassius Winston is routinely considered to be not a good athlete in a traditional sense, but has made it to the highest levels uh, that there is available to a basketball player um, in that he's in the NBA right now. And I think that perseverance and accomplishment as a person is commendable, admirable. You're here. And, and also went out a Big Ten champion for the third time in a row. So there's that. And no one can tell me we didn't win the NCAA tournament in 2020. That is factually true. They cannot tell you that. Uh, cool. Greg, you got anything? No, that sounded pretty good to me. Uh, I like me some Cassius Winston uh, mentions. I think there's also just, you know, some good things that we saw in MSU Spartan football. Uh, to build on for the future. I think Coach Tucker, as we've covered it here, uh, clearly has a uh, he has a vision for the program. He has a process for the program. And uh, I think we saw the evidence of that. I, I don't think we did. We ever do a formal like Coach Tuck year one evaluation on the no, podcast? Not really. I mean, it was so it I think it's so hard this year. Yeah. 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 But I, I do. I think, Greg, what you're saying is right, that. I think we know what Tucker wants to do. Yeah. And, and, and as maddening as it was, I think he said, you know what, I'm going to do what I want to do. And if it doesn't work, whatever, this is all tape for recruits to come in later on. Um, and so I think we, we, we actually know what we can grade him on in the future. And that feels good. Indeed. Um, last up, always thinking 1835. What's the better new year's resolution? Longer or shorter episode runtimes in 2021? Oh, it's got to be longer. Always thinking 1835. We're providing you grade A content for Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Longer. What was that, Jesse? It's for free. Yeah. You know? I mean, the great thing about longer Uh, is, you know, you can always make it shorter. Just, uh, you know, play your your playback speed. Turn your playback speed up to 1.25. 1.5 even. That messes up the timing, though, on some of our expertly crafted jokes. Mm-hmm. So, again, oh, such as out. they are. <laughs> uh, look, if if uh, I continue to say that if people want shorter episodes, uh, they need to crowdsource some funding to convince Grooch that uh, we should do this twice a week. Hey-o! But until that happens, these will remain borderline creepy duration uh, episodes. So... Uh, but gentlemen, I think this is the last time we have a pod barring something crazy, uh, which would require a, a special pod. This is our last podcast of 2020. Does anyone have any final thoughts on the year that's been? I Let me tell you this. Before 2020, I was not a co-host of this illustrious podcast. So if there is one nice thing that came out of this, it was getting to talk to you both. On the weekly, uh, and to discuss uh, subjects which are both life giving and also soul destroying. <laughs> <laughs> subjects that both give and take. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know, Plum's right. 2020 was a banner year. I think we can all agree to that. 
Great year for the podcast. Tops. Great year for the podcast. Tops. Like and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> subscribe. All right. That'll do it for us. Uh, as we uh, go into 2021, I certainly will be pounding the champagne uh, in celebration of a year that was and is no longer. But uh, for us, it's a robust go green. Go white! I presume this is champagne of beers that you're referring to. Uh, so, Yo, yes. My so, employer got me a nice champagne instead of just buying me nice health insurance. Well, that's everyone would make yep, that choice, yep, right? Yep, 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 I yep, would. Yep, yep. Uh, so, to that, go away, gentlemen. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs>